0: Question. If I were to ask you right this second to write down all of the subscriptions you pay for each month, would you be able to do it without missing one? It's more difficult than it sounds, especially with so many options and those sneaky free trials that you sometimes forget to cancel. What if I told you I had the perfect solution to help you with this exact problem? Why don't you try Rocket Money? With the help of Rocket Money, I was able to see each and every single subscription I pay for, even the ones I totally forgot I had. I'm sure you've been there too, but Rocket Money Money can help cancel it with just a few taps. Between streaming platforms, apps, delivery services, and even parenting and kids subscriptions, it's hard to keep track of exactly what you're spending and how much it all adds up to each month. Not to mention the fact that it seems every single day one of those subscriptions suddenly jumps up in price. Rocket Money alerts you when this happens, so you're never caught unawares. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you. Lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Take control over your finances and with the help of Rocket Money's easy to use dashboard, compare your monthly spending and make saving money easier than ever. They'll also try to negotiate lowering your bills up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll even deal with customer service for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of 500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to 700. $140 a year when using all of the app's features. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com/slash morning cup. That's rocketmoney.com/slash morning cup. Rocketmoney.com/slash morning cup. Have you ever come home from a long day just to find out that that meat you needed for your recipe has totally slipped your mind the last time you went to the grocery store? Well, with the help of ButcherBox, you might never have to deal with that problem ever again. With ButcherBox, you get the convenience of having high-quality meat and seafood delivered straight to your door. Not to mention the peace of mind you get to feel knowing that it's 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free. All humanely raised with no antibiotics or added hormones. Let ButcherBox help make your life even easier no grocery store required. In addition to free shipping on every order, you get to curate your box plans, have access to member exclusive deals, get recipe ideas and inspiration, as well as helpful tips. You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com Morning morningcup and use the code morningcup at checkout and enjoy your choice of bone-in chicken thighs, Top sirloins or salmon in every box for an entire year. Plus, get $20 off. Again, that's ButcherBox.com slash Morning Cup and use the code Morning Cup. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning Cup. of murder... Firearms and medications seem like a deadly mix. On September 14th, 1989, a shooting took place that still reigns in Kentucky history books as the deadliest mass shooting. A shooting that, in the aftermath, saw blame placed on a drug and the company who created it. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Joseph Thomas Westbecker was born on April 27, 1942, to a mother who, after her husband died in a construction accident, had to raise her only child alone, starting from the time he was 13 months old. Just 16 years old at the time, she relied on her family for help, and Joseph was shuttled from place to place, even once spending about a year in an orphanage before his family came to collect him. And as if life for the young boy wasn't hard enough, when he was just four years old, his grandfather, one of the only people with whom he felt a deep connection, suddenly passed away. Now a teenager, Joseph's poor performance at school led him to drop out in the ninth grade, later getting his GED, and in 1960, he began working as a press man at a printing plant before meeting a woman with whom he would later marry and have two sons. By 1971, the family man was working at the Standard Gravure in Louisville, Kentucky, and earning himself a reputation as one of the most reliable workers. But by 1978, their determined, hardworking, and loyal employee found himself face-to-face with an impending divorce, a bitter battle for the custody and support of his two sons, and self-admittance into a hospital for psychiatric treatment. The downward spiral only seemed to continue when Joseph's second marriage in 1983 lasted only a year, and before long, the constant hits became enough to send him straight into a reclusive state. Cut off from the very little support system he had, Joseph's depression became overwhelming. But the straw that broke the camel's back Came when the Standard Reviewer was sold in 1986, and the new management moved Joseph Westbecker to a new station as a mechanical folder. The job became a bit too much for him, and after complaining about the stress and pressure of his new post, asked if he could be placed back with his old job. The request was denied, and Joseph became hostile. He was convinced the new management was up to something, targeting him in the process began complaining about policy changes at the company and swore his exposure to toluene was causing him memory loss, dizziness, and blackout spells. Realizing his complaints were going nowhere, Joseph finally left the standard reviewer and was placed on a long-term disability leave in February of 1989, with them promising to reemploy him when he recovered, and Joseph promising to wipe out the place and get even with the company. Over the years, a number of professionals who treated Joseph during his short hospital stints recorded their opinion that he was a danger not only to himself, but to others. Being prescribed Prozac after 12 to 15 suicide attempts, and answering yes to questions like, have you ever felt like harming someone else? And my foreman to the question of who? He made threats over the years vowing to, quote, kill a bunch of people or bomb the newspaper company. But... No one seemed to take Joseph Westbecker seriously, and even if they did, there really wasn't anything more that they could do beyond prescribing him medication and sending him on his way. On September 14, 1989, shortly after receiving a letter canceling his disability income, Joseph's manic depression took hold of him, and he was ready to prove all of the professional's hypothesis correct. At 8.30 a.m., Joseph walked into the Standard Reviewer plant carrying an AK-47S, a 9mm pistol, a bag containing two Mach 11s, a snub-nosed 38 revolver, a bayonet, and several hundred rounds of ammunition. He went straight to the elevator and climbed to the third floor, where, as soon as the doors opened, he fired at receptionist Sharon Needy and Angela Bowman. Sharon was killed instantly and Angela was left paralyzed. He began frantically searching for the president of the company, Michael Shea, and the other supervisors he blamed for the hardships in his life. Shooting at people along the way, he killed James' husband and injured Forrest Conrad, Paula Warman, and John Stein. Satisfied he was done with this floor, he went downstairs to the press room where he killed Paul Solly and wounded electricians Stanley Hatfield and David Saddenfadden. Dropping the duffel bag in the stairwell, Joseph went down to the basement where he came face to face with pressman John Tingle. John greeted Joseph and asked what was going on. He replied, Hi John, I told them I'd be back. Get away from me. Before pushing past John and continuing on his warpath. After sparing John Tingle, Joseph shot and killed Richard Barger, a man he apparently killed by accident and reportedly apologized to before moving on. Back in the press room, he shot at anyone who got in his way. This included James Wibble, Lloyd White, William Ganote, who all perished, and Kenneth Ventress, who was fatally wounded. Deciding he was done after 40 rounds and 8 deaths, Joseph Westbecker stood in the press room, pulled out one of his many weapons, and killed himself. The whole ordeal lasted about 30 minutes and left 12 more injured. When the dust settled on the attack, one of his former co-workers said, This guy's been talking about this for years. He's been talking about guns and Soldier of Fortune magazine. He's paranoid and he thought everyone was after him. When all was said and done, a high-profile lawsuit against Eli Lilly and company, the manufacturers of Prozac, came in the aftermath of the horrific murders. According to the suit, Joseph started taking the medication just a month before the murders, and the families of the victims were claiming that the drug was a major contributing factor to his actions. The case went to trial, and about midway through, the defense testimony opened a door that would have allowed information about a 1985 conviction when the company failed to report the adverse reactions of another drug, Oriflex, to the Food and Drug Administration to be presented to the court. This threat forced the company to negotiate an agreement, one concealed from the trial judge, and the trial continued without information about Oriflex. The jury decided in the company's favor, and the plaintiffs failed to appeal. Sensing something was off, Judge Porter did some digging and uncovered the secret agreement. With unanimous authorization from the Kentucky Supreme Court, the judge amended his record and resolved by settlement, rather than the jury's verdict." Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to do what terrible thing happened on September 15th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.